0: What's up, everybody? It's Wake Up! Board Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, they're not perfect, but they keep winning, just like all the elite teams this season. Thoughts on fourth down decision-making, and with Miami seemingly on the cusp of folding, this schedule becomes that much more manageable. Wake Up! Board Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. That's Tallahassee, Florida cptallybar.com 2475 Appalachie parkway monday through friday select lunch specials throughout the weekdays from 11 a.m to 3 p.m on mondays man it's been like what a year since you haven't uh, been able to go have a victory burger on your monday everybody after a football game so go to the corner pocket bar and grill half pound black angus burger side dish of your choice only $8.99 over at the corner pocket bar and grill don't forget friday as well Another meet and greet, three in a mm. row. Yep. Uh, come on out, meet Jeff, meet Corey, meet Tom, meet everybody else of the WarChant.com family from five o'clock to six o'clock Fridays happy hour over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Corey, how are you, man?
1: I'm good, buddy. I'm good. uh Thanks for asking. It was a busy weekend. It was Ooh. a long weekend. Those noon games come quick, right? On, they do uh, on Saturday morning. They do. They do almost.
0: Feels weird, like on a Friday night. Usually, you are kind of like, "Oh, I got Friday night to do my thangy thing." Yeah. But they're like, "Oh, but I gotta, I gotta kind of go to work early." Uh, but you gotta take it with the good with the bad. So I, I won't complain. I'm a noon guy. I've converted somewhat. Uh, but we get a primetime one, seven thirty against Duke this Saturday. But first, let's let's wrap up the the game that was another dub for Florida State, fourth ranked Florida State. They hold steady in the polls, forty one to three over Syracuse. You covered it times two right I it was 17 yeah. and a half was the the spread you won by 38 points so do the math everybody uh, 14 drives you scored on seven of them uh, you had only one three and out you had five plays or five drives rather that were 70 or more yards yeah. it seemed like there was opportunities early in that game for Syracuse to maybe make it one of those games that ended up being into that spread but I don't know man Florida State somehow asserted itself despite some fourth down miscues in that second quarter to 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 pull away so let's start off first half ultimately how do you think they play in that first half Corey, and and how much of it did it carry off into the second half to uh end up being a, a romp do you think there
1: well look i i'll answer the question i they they played fine uh the defense was very good the whole game so they played good in the first half they played well in the second half uh the offense was uh um you know, not very good in the second quarter. There at the end, that that was to me the most frustrating part of the of the first half. But it's hard to be too frustrated when you end up winning 41-3. And I'm not frustrated. I was frustrated in the moment um, that you got the ball at the five yard line and didn't get points at all. It reminded me of the LSU game last year,
0: the four yard I mean, line actually. But yeah, it was yeah. Better.
1: Well, I think they got. I thought they got at the five and they got a yard run to the four, and then either way, they didn't get a yard after first down, hmm. and they were, you know. It was, Fourth and four from the four, kick the field goal. Just kick the field goal there, Mike. Um, but <laughs> we'll get. I, I thought the offense overall was was good. It's no, they had 530 yards. They established the run in the second half, and I think we have to understand that Syracuse defense is a goofy one to go up against, and they do some things well. It's not like teams are just now. That might start now, but it's not like teams have just been running it down their throat and marching up and down the field on Syracuse. They lose. Uh, because they can't move the ball, which you guys saw on Saturday. Their their offense is horrendous. Florida State's defense played well, but that doesn't take away from the fact that Syracuse's offense is horrendous. So, but I so I thought Florida State's uh, offense, um, kind of the hiccups that we've seen. What'd you say, seven to fourteen? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That'll you know that'll play. That's not terrible, but I think it you know really should have been at least eight of fourteen because he had the ball at the five. It's crazy he didn't score there, um, and then. You know, though, when you look at this, they're not... What are they? I think I looked it up. They're seventh in the country in scoring. They're averaging 42 points per game. They've, they've, they're averaging like six points a game more than they did last year. So they've made the strides we wanted to see. You know what they've been awful at, though? They've been good coming out of the locker room. They've been good on their first drives. Um, they have been horrible in the one-minute offense. Mm. Um, and they had a chance on Saturday. They got the ball... You know, Norvell loves to call the timeouts to try to get the ball back. And then again... Um, you know, they, they get the ball, they get a couple of first downs on little cross shallow crosses to Destin Hill, and then Jordan gets hit and uh, you know, fumbles about eighteen yards backwards, twelve yards backwards, and that was a lucky break that it didn't stay in bounds. Um so in that that's the second straight game they've had that where they've tried to do something late and they've taken they've gotten a pressure and, and and it's been derailed. But I just thought I, I thought the offense was okay. Uh, I thought Trey Benson dropped uh some passes that he has to catch but I also I want to start man like Keon Coleman is otherworldly um and it's really refreshing and encouraging to know assuming Johnny comes back sometime soon obviously he didn't play uh this past week but I I don't think they expect that to be um you know I don't I don't know that it'll be much longer right, we'll right. see I guess um But it's got to be so refreshing and encouraging to know that if everything else isn't going well, you've got two guys that nobody else has, and you've got a guy that, I don't know, man, I guess Marvin Harrison's the best receiver in the country. Uh, Keon Coleman's really close. The kid at Washington's really good, too. Uh, Keon Coleman's one of the best, not just receivers in the country, one of the best players in the United States. And you've got him on your team. And in a close game, When things aren't going necessarily great offensively, you've got a weapon that they just can't handle. And I think that goes for every defense in America. You're just not built to cover a guy like Keon Coleman. So it's good he's on your team.
0: Yeah, nine catches, 140, and a touchdown, 107 yards on punt returns. Stop tripping, Keon. Make it into the end zone, man. Right. Finish the drill on
1: that. Come on. P-Dub would have scored.
0: Yeah, you know I don't want to I didn't want to get into philosophical questions this early in the show, but I guess it, you know, since we did bring up Keon. I mean, is Keon almost like emblematic of what this team is? Like I mean, there's games where you know, you expect more out of him. Like he, he's not able to make maybe bring down some 50-50 balls against Boston College. Um but then he has games where he, he catches nine balls like against LSU and against Syracuse. Same way this offense is capable of you know, looking dominant in stretches, but then maybe kind of falling asleep in, in certain modes, or are they one and the same? Is it just or just a weird coincidence at this point?
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I think uh, I I am more philosophical about this now. I, I just think it's football. I, I think that um, you know, as we walk as we look around the country, and I, I'm going to bring this up again because I do hang out with fans. You don't, you don't come <laughs> to Corner Pocket on Fridays. That's all this guy. Um, but you did. You came the last Friday, by the way. Uh, I signed... I, I I had two autographs this week, Aslan. Nice. Two. On Friday, I signed a hat. I can't remember the guy's name. He, he was down with his wife from uh, South Carolina. I would have remembered
0: um, your name if I was their guy from South Camden,
1: Carolina. Camden. I remember where he's from. Camden, South Carolina. Right, stand uh, up. He also, I think, said it was for his brother. But mm. then he put the hat on. Anyway, mm. so I signed a hat, which was really funny. And I signed it in front of some friends. So that was cool to look like a big shot. Yeah. yeah. And then the next day... I signed. Uh, her name's Cassidy. I signed her Dion Sanders jersey. Ooh. I was like, "Are you sure you want me to do this? This is crazy, uh, because it's a jersey." And she's like, "No, no, please, please sign it, sign it." So I signed her. Uh, I signed the number two on her uh, on her Dion Sanders jersey. Big fan of yours, by the way, Cassidy. Nice. So uh, you got you got that going for you too. Can't wait um, to see that
0: one on eBay. Uh, Dion yeah, Sanders well, signing go jersey from by Corey Clover. Yeah, yeah, de-
1: yeah. It can be a, D, a signed Deion Sanders jersey. You don't have to know who <laughs> yeah. signed it, yeah. But it has been signed. Um, but yeah, talking to people on Friday and then even after the game on Saturday, I hear words like uh, mediocre, terrible, not consistent. All talking about the offense, and I'm like, guys, it's forty-one to three. And I and again, I, I keep coming back to this, and I just think there's something to it. Florida State fans aren't used to seeing a great team, which this might be, but a top five team that when they roll over a team, it doesn't look like Swiss cheese. Like in the 90s, obviously they honored the 1993 team. I mean, that team was scoring every time it had the ball. If Charlie Ward, it was a stunner if Charlie Ward's offense had to punt once and a half. It just didn't happen. They they just marched up and down the field, and obviously I think that Jameis offense from '13 was probably the most efficient offense in, in college football history. So those are the memories of what greatness looks like, or even a good uh, elite offense. Hmm. But I, I I think this offense still has room to grow, but it just won 41 to three. It took control for the second straight game. It took control of the game in the second half. I don't think its coach did him any favors by uh some fourth down decisions one going for one and then another uh you know fourth and one from the you know running the wildcat that Jordan Travis clearly wasn't a fan of but overall when you look at the results and you look at the yardage and you look at the first downs and the way your quarterback threw the ball even though he had four drops including one that would have been a touchdown you're like yeah yeah that's I I don't know what people were expecting Averaging 50 a game because that's not going to happen. Uh, it's certainly not going to happen this week because this defense is the truth that you're that you're playing. But overall, watching it, although there are some there are some frustrations. Um, that's every team. Mm-hmm. You're always going to be frustrated. You're always going to leave points out on the field. You're always going to leave yards out on the field. All the best offenses do that. I think Florida State uh, did a good part of mitigating that after what a two possession stretch in the second quarter. You know, I, I just, again, I come back to the ball at the five-yard line. That was, and they didn't even score a touchdown after Keon's punt return. So, not great in the red zone, which they've been exceptional at all year.
0: 20 out of 20 going into that yeah. game.
1: All right. But so most what, touchdowns. Let's, let's, let's most of them were touchdowns. Why
0: why did that bother you so much, Corey? I mean, it was, listen, I, I mentioned the other day how some of the, like, the Virginia Tech game, I think maybe even the Syracuse game to a large degree, kind of felt like 2019 Florida State football, to me, to where, yeah, you know, they go on these stretches, and it's a boring game, and all of a sudden they make a miscue or two, and then they find themselves in a game eking out barely, and it's like, what the hell is going on? But that's not happening. Like, they're they're rolling yeah. out to these leads, and then, you know, you're making valid points in the press box as we're talking about it. Like, listen, man, it's still a two-possession game. You have a, a, a fumbled snap, a, a, a kickoff return. Like, something wonky happens. You find yourself in a one-possession game. There's a lot of stress on you, and then all of a sudden, who knows what's going to happen. But it's like man this team is so mature. They have so much experience. They have a pretty sound coaching staff behind yeah. them operating all this. Like at no point do I feel threatened at all. And I don't know how much of this like well you can't do this against George. You can't do this against Michigan. It's like yeah point taken. I just I don't think they'll find themselves in these lulls they do. Like what upset you so much about the way they finished off that second quarter? I mean still going up to half up two scores and knowing that you're going to get the football.
1: Well, I just I you know it was I think it, I I haven't looked at the numbers I think it was three straight possessions where they didn't score, um, including one ball where they had at the one time where they had the ball at the five. And, and what specifically bothered me about the ball at the five yard line is, you know, respect the game a little bit. Like, it's not fourth and one from the foot line, it's fourth and four. And the three plays you had just run had done jack squat. So unless you have a play in your back pocket it's hard to throw the ball from four yards out and score unless you have the play a play in your back pocket. That is, uh, you know, you have you haven't shown it yet. They don't have a chance at stopping it. Take the points. You're up 20 to three. And I think that allows you to breathe a little bit because 17 to three. Yeah. And especially against Syracuse, you're feeling good. It would have been a shocker if Syracuse could have come back, but crazy stuff happens, man. Um, Syracuse isn't that much worse than Boston college. And so you, you're you up 17-3. to three. They give you a gift at the five-yard line. Well, they didn't give it to you. Joshua Farmer made a great play um, to knock the ball out. Go ahead and take those points. Go up 20-3. to three. Now you have a three-score lead. I think you can, like I said, I think it relaxes you a little bit. You can breathe a little bit. And then maybe you put your foot down and you end the game sooner uh, because Syracuse is down three scores now. Maybe they start playing differently. Maybe they stop. Well, they didn't. I was going to say maybe they stopped milking 25 seconds off the clock, but they didn't. They still did that even when they were down 31-3. to 3. So I think that's what bothered me. You know what bothered me about Aslan is because if they were playing Georgia in that moment and they were up 17-3, to 3, there is zero chance he goes for it there.
0: Yeah, it's so situational co- awareness. Like you well, that's you what I'm saying. So co- but but, I,
1: but I, that's what I'm saying. I, I think you co- you know, it's never about the opponent, right? You yeah. do the right thing because it's the right thing to do in that moment. Yeah. It's seventeen to three. You're up by two scores. Make it three scores. Again, you're not at the one. You're at the four. And again, you have not looked good the previous three plays. So take the points, regroup, say thanks defense for those three points. Go get us a stop. Now, would I be so mad about it if uh, if the if Conrad Hussey's two for one penalty hadn't happened on the ensuing punt return? Because that's also part of the equation, right? And I do I need to factor that in. That Norvell goes for it there, knowing having a good idea all right, there's not a huge risk here because even if we don't score, um, Syracuse has the ball at the five-yard line, mm-hmm. so we'll probably get the ball back in real good field position mm-hmm. with a chance to go right back down the field. And if we don't forget, Keon Coleman had a 30-yard punt return right after that that was called back because of the Hussey double foul, double penalty. So instead of having the ball at the, and they would have the ball at the 15-yard line. Instead, they had it at like their own 45, so it's like a 40-yard penalty there. And you end up not scoring there Syracuse gets the ball back, completes a third and long crazy pass down the sideline that where the kid almost stays in bounds. And if he stays in bounds, there's nobody there and it's going to be a 75-yard touchdown. And now it's 17 to 10 and I think I probably was still a little shell shot from the Boston College game. Like if you can put teams away, put them away. Uh, and I just think the points there would have made it a three-score game, it would have made And I don't I just thought he coached that not like how he coach this week. Not how he coach against Miami in my opinion, but you know, we'll see. Maybe he's always going to be going for it from fourth and four uh, from the four yard line. But by and large,
0: it wasn't Dan um, Lanning, you know, passing up points before half. Against, that's different, you know, right? Don't yeah, think that's, that's different. Exactly. Yeah. That's why like, I like mean, People are almost treating it like, you know, no, like, it's not anything it. close it's like, to it's
1: that. Not, man. No, number one, you're not playing Washington. Exactly. Um, it's yeah. not anything close to that. I just thought it was a not his I I thought it was a, a bit. It was just a bizarre decision. It was from out a guy of his that
0: decision I, pattern. I get it. Yeah, so...
1: and it's hard to it's hard to know what his decision pattern is there, uh, because I don't think he would do it in another game. Um, and I don't. And also, I'd want to say this: being up twenty to three and being up twenty four to three, it's not that big a difference. Right. But there is a big, big difference between seventeen to three and twenty to three. Okay. So just know the risk versus reward. There's is, is all I would say. But you hear me. You're in the press box all the time. Yeah. All I'm doing is looking at top. I'm I'm criticizing everybody. I did it with Dino too. Like what him trying to kick that field goal down twenty four to three, uh, made made zero sense. But yeah, I I think overall well, can- when you look at the game, man, I don't know how you're not uh ec- ecstatic is probably too yes, strong a word. Very much so, but quite pleased. Yeah, you came out relatively injury free. You got other guys involved in the passing game. Jaheim Bell looks closer to a hundred percent. Keon Coleman is from another planet. You did it all without Johnny Wilson. And uh, I, I really liked how Trey and the running backs ran in the second half. Mm. That was good to see, too. I thought your offensive line kind of took control of the game against the defense. That's not all that easy to run against. So all that being said, it's a really good win. Um, not not over a really good team, but you didn't you didn't fiddle F around mm. and it's all all of a sudden a game in the fourth quarter. The game was over just like it should be, because you're much better than that team.
0: Let's, one other thing on that that decision. You know, ultimately, him taking accountability, him being Mike Norvell, taking accountability for those, uh, you know, failures to convert those fourth downs, how much does that play? I mean, it it was a nice thing for me. Some fans, I think, didn't maybe see it that that way. But, I mean, does that affect the way that you processed it now, maybe a a day or two after the game, or especially in in the – immediate aftermath that he's like, listen, man, like, those are me. I got to coach him better. And you're like, he, you know, he said he learned his lesson against LSU last year. Seemingly he did uh, in terms of maybe getting too cute on the goal line. You know, maybe this is another learning data point for him as well. I mean, does that affect the way you uh, judge those decisions now that at least he owned up to it?
1: Yeah. And I don't know if he was owning up to actually going for it or owning up to the play calls that he, that he had on, on, I think they went for it on fourth down three times and were oh for three, I think. Um, I, I think maybe he was more I, – I think he was talking more about the fourth down plays themselves. But he did say, if you guys didn't watch the post game, uh, he did say uh, – 0 for
0: 2. I mean, it was those two he, plays. Uh, too.
1: He, uh, um, he told the players that the, that was on him, and he apologized to them and said he's got to be better. He's got to coach better, which I think – I just think that goes a long way in a locker room. If that's the truth, and there's no reason to believe it isn't, that he actually told the offense that's my bad, I'm sorry, instead of just blaming them for not blocking the right guy or the execution – Are the quarterback not throwing it well? I just think that goes a long way, man. I think it goes a long way to go in there and say, "Yeah, man, I screwed up." And I think he is secure. He is secure enough in who he is as a coach, and why wouldn't he be at this point with the number four team in the country that he can own up to mistakes? And it doesn't. That's the thing about life, man. It's so many people think that if you admit you're wrong, it makes you look weak, and it's the exact opposite, in my opinion. Hmm. It makes now Cristobal did it in a completely wrong way, but. It, i think it just makes you look strong and i think if you're in there in front of those 21 year old kids saying that's my bad guys we, we 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 no longer lead the lead lead the country in red zone scoring and that's all on me that's not on you i apologize i'll be better i just think that goes a long way because they're you're asking them to do the same and to be better and sometimes like he said he makes bad calls and he doesn't make the right decision uh yeah so uh yeah i think that again I, i'll be interested the next time they have fourth and goal at the four Mm-hmm what he does. I, I just think it felt like a Syracuse one-off. Like it felt like it was so specific to that moment in that game uh, because of the way the defense was playing because Syracuse's offense is horrendous. But I just thought, I, I don't like that message necessarily. Coach how you coach, how you'd coach mm. the, the right point. The right play there is to go up by three scores, whether you want to or not, whether you're being emotional because you're mad at the first three plays, go get the points and settle down, and then the next time you get the ball, you can go call your touchdown plays.
0: VitaminEnergy.com, promo code WERCHANT, helping you make the best calls of your day when you got the focus plus in you, maybe the mood plus, maybe a little bit edgy after that win. Not sure why, but we'll talk about maybe next in the second part of the show. But go to VitaminEnergy.com, use that promo code WERCHANT, BOGO, WERCHANT, B-O-G-O, that means buy one, get one free. I don't know if I'm going to dive into the the health aspects of it and what it compares to other uppers out there in the black market that I mm. decided to go and delve right. into right. during the War Chant Wrap. That's not what we do. That's not what we right. do here on the show. But uh, we do go to vimergy.com. We uh, use the promo code War Chant Bogo, and we are stocked up here at the Midtown offices. Workout Plus always on the menu on Mondays. Monday, upper body day, maximum effort. Got to get the most that you possibly can. So I take the Workout Plus with the sour apple flavor. I think it's delicious, too. It's almost like a, a midday dessert, too. It's a nice little pop to the palate. I like right. it. I think you'll like it as well. VitaminEnergy.com, promo code Bogo. Shake it and take it. It is energy with benefits. VitaminEnergy.com. Corey, you going to take one on a Monday? Power through the day?
1: No, I take one on Tuesday because that's when I have to get up early, early for the mm. practice. Mm. So Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday are my uh, Vitamin Energy days. I hear you.
0: So, Corey, back maybe to the larger point when you talk about this is is what college football is, you know, not so much a margin of victory, but just where you find yourself in these games. You know, when you're playing a conference opponent, a team like Syracuse, you know very well, you've played them nearly every single season that you've been the head coach here now if you're Mike Norvell. You know, I tweeted at halftime the scores of some of the other top five teams that were in action. The one I didn't was Ohio State because uh, it wasn't maybe as comparable because they – were up 20 to 0 and they weren't trailing any point. But you know, Georgia found themselves not that they were threatened, but they, they were trailing at a certain point against Vanderbilt yep. in the first quarter. I think it might have been like 24 to 7 at half. Michigan was up like 21 7, maybe 28 to 7. They had not scored first. Indiana jumped out to a lead on them. Alabama was at home, Michigan was at home, Alabama was at home. They end up finding themselves in a dogfight in the fourth quarter against Arkansas. And, you know, I tweeted that out almost a little bit tongue in cheek because I'm not Mr. Optimistic. I'm not Mr. You know, Florida State's the best team in the country. It's all going to work itself out. Relax. I mean, I realize there are some moments here that, that do get you upset. But it's that if you're kind of what they we think they are, if you're really if you're a borderline great football team this this year, and even if you're not playing at your maximum capability like that's what that's what happens, right? You still end up winning a game 41-3 to and, like, you dominate. Yeah. And the reason I'm pointing out these other teams, you know, like, focus on what Florida State is, like, well, this is who they're probably going to com- compete against when it all matters, right? Like, possibly Alabama, possibly Georgia, possibly Michigan. So, like, they're struggling through certain situations and games themselves. Now, maybe, you know, Michigan ends up scoring, like, seven straight touchdown drives or something crazy like that. But, like, everybody has flaws. So... When you're flawed, you still end up looking that way. I mean, it's it's hard to really judge poorly against your team. I don't really know really where we're going on this, Corey. Feel free to save me on this, but everybody's struggling to a certain degree. So that's where I that's why I'm not concerned with Florida State's sort of in-game ups and downs.
1: Well, and yeah, that's the thing. It's the in-game ups and downs, but if you look at the final product the last two weeks, they've outscored their opponents eighty to twenty. What what else were they supposed to do? hundred to zero? Like they they they've had they had some struggles in the second quarter of each game. Um, I thought they started out. I think they scored on their first drive against Syracuse. I, yeah, they started they did. out did. Uh, very good. They, oh, because of the catch by Keon, which by the way, guys, that's just insanity.
0: It makes an, no sense. Still, I've I saw five angles. None like it makes sense.
1: Backhanded. Catch like, uh, like I don't know, man. It's like LeBron on an in an in two thousand twelve. Yeah. It's just crazy how high he is. He's going over his head. Anyway, just a remarkable catch um, and a remarkable player. It's a good job there, Battles End. Um, you know, I, I <laughs> think out. that um, you know when you look around the country, that's the thing. Michigan struggled. They were down seven nothing. I think. Second quarter, but there's four quarters, and Michigan dominated the rest of that game. Georgia obviously dominated Vanderbilt once they got going. Ohio State did what they did. Um, Alabama did dominate Arkansas, but uh, I think Arkansas is better than the teams that those other teams we talked about were playing are more talented. I guess their record's terrible, but I just think overall, when you look at the when you look at the landscape, this Florida State team is fitting in just with all the other other elite teams. The only team that I don't think has struggled. I, well, in my, I think Washington is the only one that's just beaten the bejesus out of everyone they were supposed to beat the bejesus out of, right? I mean, but then they've won by three. Like, is their win at home against Oregon by three points that much more impressive than what Florida State did to LSU? No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, So sure. the point being, what I worry about, Aslan, honestly, you talked about worrying about you might play a Georgia or a Michigan down the road. Yeah, you might. But you won't if you lose to these teams. And so, what's but encouraging to me? But they haven't been close
0: to losing to these teams. No,
1: that's what I'm saying. What's encouraging to me is they handle their business after, and they were they were that close a month ago. They were they were close to having the worst loss any top 15 team has had at Boston College. So since that though, they played two games against overmatched teams and boat raced both of them. Now, no, they weren't up 50 to nothing at half in either game, but they dominated they dominated those games. In the defense, again, I want to come back to the defense. We haven't even talked about the defense much. If they're not giving up huge busts, this is a good defense. It is a solid defense. It is a well-coached, at least these last two and a half weeks, or two and a half games, has been a well-coached defense that is not giving yards up. Why I was so frustrated at halftime in the Clemson game, is was like, man, this Clemson offense isn't this. And you've given up 17 points in four drives. You, they've had the ball four times. You gave up three, two touchdowns and a field goal. That's horrible. And then you know what they've done since? They've given up two touchdowns total, and one was against Virginia Tech with some crazy penalties thrown in to get Virginia Tech down the field. I'm just when you're when you're thinking about what this season can be, going undefeated in conference, winning this week, which is no guarantee. The way this defense is playing should fill all of you with hope. Because, no, it is not going to create five turnovers a game. It's not going to shut out everybody it faces. It's not going to push everybody back and get 28 tackles for loss a game. It's not the 1997 Florida State defense. Or 98, which is probably a better one. Um, but it is a good college football defense. To go along with an offense that is very good, it could be even better. Again, man, if LSU had Florida State's defense, they'd be number one in the country. So would USC, so would three or four other teams. Uh, th- this team is uh, th- this team is playing this t- sorry this side of the ball this defense is playing lights out right now. And as uh, Shaheem said after the game Shaheem Brown who got to break the rock by the way they had yeah. double rock breakers, mm. uh, which is which is uh, I think that might be a first maybe. Um, the, 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 they communicated at an elite level and you're seeing that. Remember the the biggest. The thing I was most frustrated about in the Boston College game, it's not that they can't tackle the kid that nobody can tackle. That's understandable. They're giving up wide open passes where nobody's on the screen with dudes. And that has not happened at all since the first half of the Clemson game. That's encouraging, right?
0: Right. And I guess my, I don't want to say defense or like my counter to that is just like it's really hard to judge who they are because Syracuse and Virginia Tech are not very talented, proficient offenses. But like – it, it you talk about the communication aspect, like you don't have to be great to confuse this team. Seemingly, it seemed like the way they played against Boston College, right? Boston College wasn't using athletic superiority to get wide open on those plays. That right. was like just running basic concepts. that Florida State seemingly was not all that prepared for, but they've they've cleaned that up, so that is something to uh, you know be comforted by, to your point. Yeah, and I,
1: I think because when you look down the road, so look, man, the the game this weekend is not going to be easy. I I. I I, mean, I think Florida State's favored by 15, 15 and a half, something yeah. like that. We don't know if Duke's quarterback is going to play. Um, and Duke just won a game where they threw one pass in the second half, which is insanity. Um, conference game,
0: too. It was raining, a conference though. game. It was raining, bad weather.
1: Yeah, but one one pass, and they, they won 24 to 3. That defense is very, very good. Um, held Clemson to seven points. A lot of yards, but seven points. Um, this will obviously be the biggest challenge they've had all season. But this game... I still think. I mean, we'll find out a lot of. It. We got to talk about the Miami Carolina game. Hmm. That Miami game at home is not going to be easy. I'm still not convinced that Wake will be easy. We'll see. They looked horrible uh, this week against Virginia Tech. But um, is Pitt pit you know, back. It, it you know, yeah, Pitt looked good. Uh, that was a, that was a nice win. Again, I feel like Louisville kind of gave that game away more than Pitt took it. But Pitt won the game. Good for them and good for Florida State. Honestly, that Louisville won that game um, for a for ACC championship game reasons but um you know the the way you can get knocked off the way you can lose to a a lesser team is it's gonna be hard for one of these lesser teams that's not a Michigan or Ohio State or Georgia to just drive it down your throat four times a game four 80-yard drives just pounding away on the ground that's just not gonna and then and then just I just don't see that happening it because it, it hasn't happened in two years. What you worry about in these games is the the teams that are capable of beating you. So North Alabama uh, is not. Uh, maybe I I I'll say Wake and Pitt are capable of beating you if you play poorly. But if the defense just plays well, not incredible but well, you can't lose to these teams. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Like they they played poorly against Boston College, and that's why it was a game. Um, they played poorly in the first half against Clemson. That's why it went to overtime. Yeah. The fact that they're playing well now, though, if they continue to play like this, no, they're not going to shut everybody out. But you're going to have to score, I mean, as we've seen, you're going to have to score 31 points to beat Florida State, at least for the last year. And, you know, if this defense continues to play like it does, has been, who, who left on the schedule do you fear if Florida State's defense plays well? to its peak, can get there. Yeah. I don't know that they there's somebody there's anybody left on the schedule until so, you either. perhaps play Carolina and Charlotte.
0: Yeah, I, I I do not really feel all that threatened until we start talking about December.
1: But uh, that doesn't look if 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 you if you've been great at holding on to the ball, you've been great at not turning it over, knock on wood, as long as that continues and you don't give teams points like you did against Boston College, um, and you continue to hold on to the ball and make teams have to go earn points against you. Uh, yeah, you're going to uh, you're going to win all these games, but that's a big if.
0: Let me ask you this, Corey. I mean, winning these games comfortably, uh, kind of carrying on to what you were doing last year. I mean, did they they didn't dominate Syracuse on Saturday the way they did last year in the carrier Dome it feels like. Um, I don't know if there's any merit to even talking or and discussing that sort of stuff because I, I wonder, you know, because it is 41 to three, but it did not look like a suffocating, just embarrassment of elite play versus them being absolutely feeble the way it like the Georgia tech game seemed last year, the way the Syracuse game seemed last year. I mean, are, are those things that are worth discussing? Is it, is it worth comparing to, uh, I mean, does it feel that any different than the, the blowout wins they had against a similar opponent last year?
1: No, I, I thought it, I, it's weird. You say that to me anyway, cause I thought it felt quite similar. And I think the yardage, uh, you, you know, I think the yardage disparity last year and this year was greater Um I think the score at the half last year was 24 to 3 and this one was 17 to 3 and it might you really could say it just comes down to the to, the botched stuff at the 5-yard line. Um I thought it felt really similar. I don't think Syracuse ever sustained anything of note. They never felt like they were going to move the ball up and down the field against your defense. It just never seemed that way. I thought the defensive line was exceptional in rushing the passer. Um and Schrader clearly didn't want to get hit. And he became a non-runner. He's a running
0: uh, quarterback who doesn't want to run. It's bizarre. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's tough. That's a tough deal. Now, you know, Babers after the game to give him credit uh, or to give Schrader credit uh, said that he had food poisoning. But uh, yeah, I, no, I thought it. I, to me, I thought it was the exact same. I, the score last year was thirty-eight to three. The score this year was forty-one to three. It just felt. It, to me, it felt ju- it felt just about the same. Again, the the frustration of the second quarter being the only the only difference. But I thought the defense. Uh, looked just about as good as it did last year. It gave up a couple of runs, um, a couple of a couple of pass plays, but you know, one that I think uh, Tatum misses a tackle. Um, I think Conrad Hussey missed a tackle on a third down play that gave him 15 extra yards. I think their quarter, their running back took a wildcat snap and had that was their longest run of the day. Yeah. Other than that, their ABC offense that they were trying to run. Florida State completely suffocated, and I wanted to say this too because you brought up Virginia Tech's offense not being very good. I think there's a chance Virgi- Florida State made Virginia Tech's offense look like Syracuse, but it's not because in the game before, who did Virginia Tech play in the game before Florida State? Was it Pitt? Yes, at home. Yeah,
0: yeah they Destroyed beat
1: them. them. They they put them like they put up 35 on that team. Yeah. and then this past game, and this is what the drones get at quarterback. And then this past game at home against Wake, they put up 30. Drones threw was 20 of 29 for 321 yards, and Virginia Tech ran for 141 yards. So they had 460 in that game and 30 points against Wake Forest. And we all know Wake Forest isn't some – it's not, you know, William and Mary. And so that, to me, says that maybe that team's about to take off, and Florida State just made them look horrible. Syracuse, I think, is horrible. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I think Syracuse is a bad defense, a bad offense that you made look – Uh, like a high school offense. I think Virginia Tech might be an okay offense that you made look like a high school offense. Like, again, they they had 10 points. They had one touchdown. All their points came in the second quarter, offensively, I mean, and they all came with some, let's just say, dubious penalties. So, that being said, I don't think Duke's offense, especially if Riley Leonard doesn't play, or if Riley Leonard plays but is limited and can't run and can't move, I don't know that their offense is much better than what you saw against Virginia Tech. Agreed agreed
0: yeah i mean it's weird i'm duke's defense will be a challenge but ultimately the fact that i don't think they're going to be able to move the ball because i don't think they're going to have adequate quarterback play just again it's yeah. it's difficult to know just how i mean we know how good this team is to a certain degree but like now it's late october we're getting to like mid late october here um you know i kind of almost wish we were playing clemson now you know cuz if clemson was like 6 and 1 right now May have some more confidence, and then you you kind of get a better feeling of like where you stack up with the rest of the country because you know Alabama's going to have Tennessee, Oregon, and you know, Washington just played Oregon, um, you know Georgia. I guess you can call Kentucky their their test. It's just it's weird because all of the the tests for Florida State were so front loaded and were such a recency bias. What have you done last week? It's it's really hard to. Kind of gauge growth when your your opponents seemingly get a little bit weaker, but maybe you're all right about Virginia Tech being stronger than I'm, I'm giving them credit for. Pulled up the the drive chart from last year, real quick, Corey. Florida State went touchdown, punt, touchdown, fumble, punt on their first uh, five drives.
1: Yeah, that seems about similar. Yeah, they it?
0: went touchdown, punt, field goal, touchdown, and then uh, turnover on downs. Yeah, that's Chris. I don't, yeah, see. I mean, I don't remember anything that's happening because clearly it felt
1: a little bit weird. <laughs> that's fine. All, hey, all these wins are running together, they baby. Are, they are. That's 12 in a row. It's hard to remember that what is. it's like. Hey, uh, last... it is, It's crazy, though, right, Aslan? Like, again, I, I, I do want to and I, I want to make sure I do this every week, especially on a Monday when I come out here griping about a, a, a meaningless fourth down call in the second quarter. Uh, they've won 12 straight games. Since since I lit a fuse, since I lit a fuse in the program by by the, after that, uh, by questioning Norvell after the Louisville game, going into the Syracuse game, uh, they are twenty one and six, and they're twelve and zero in their last twelve.
0: What twelve straight games of scoring thirty or more points?
1: All that, which is the second longest streak in ACC history. Hmm. I mean, it just it's it's it's. Really, really – and it's not all against, been against ACC teams. You know, two SEC teams were thrown in there. Oklahoma's thrown in there. Brent Venables, for crying out loud. You scored 30 against that dude. Um, it's just – it's it's so cool. It is just so cool, man. It's so cool to be thinking about this weekend, right? Like, I, I got friends coming in town. Got an ex-wife coming into town. Uh, I don't think Brady's coming, but Shannon's coming down. It's a night game. It's a top 15-ish matchup. I think Duke's in the top 15. Um, they must—they had to go up some after that win. Uh, it's a primetime game on ABC where you're number four in the country. Doke is going to be packed. It's going to be rocking. And I always have to put myself back in this moment and realize how lucky we are to have this job, number one, even if they were horrible, which they were. But to have this job when they're good. This is as fun as... This is just what college football is about, man. You think about the game all week. You break it down. You get excited before the game. I don't know what your nerves are going to be like before Duke. I get it. It's not the game of the century against Miami. You're not trying to shut down Steve Walsh or Michael Irvin or whoever. Um, Or back then it was uh, Toretta. You know, but man, it's just cool, right? It's just cool that you can nitpick. And I'm not saying you, I'm saying all of us, because mm-hmm. I did it too. You can nitpick about a 41 to three win in the midst of a 6-0 and start, which is the first time it's happened in eight years, and you're number four in the country with a real chance to go undefeated in the regular season if you continue to play well. That's cool, man. Yeah. It's it's really neat. And I, I appreciate everyone that made it possible, Aslan. Let's just put it that way. <laughs>
0: Uh, one last thing about the game. You guys talked about it on the wrap. Uh, also, you asked Coach Norvell about it, but uh, sort of like the emotive nature now that we're seeing out of Jordan. Jordan, yeah. you know, for the most part, was so stoic. Other if he would get hit in twenty, he would still uh, display the pain he was enduring. But like the frustration that we see him kind of displaying. You know, Keon's like, "Hey man, we're 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 cool." Like he showed emotion. It's not the end of the world. It's it's totally fine. And I do agree. Like I don't, I don't think there's any discord at all. Uh, I just wonder how that plays, you know, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, if it's a one-possession game in the second half against Florida. Like, do you start pressing, or is that a weird jump in logic or a conclusion to jump to?
1: No, I I think what helps is this is not, um, this is not James Blackman or Hornswoggle yelling at players. Are yelling Hornibrook at his
0: staff. kept his composure. I feel like no, but know. I'm
1: saying if he had not kept his composure no, no, no. and screamed at Kendall Bryles or Taggart no. or screamed at uh, Cam Akers, um, they might have lost their minds. and no. be like, who are you to yell at me? You can't throw it 28 yards. Who do you think you are? I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like who are? But Jordan Travis, not only does he keep continue to play hurt. Um, and he got banged up again on Saturday, which is just going to be a weekly thing. But again, you hope it's they're just the, the quote-unquote minor ones where he can come back from. Um, and we don't even question anymore that he can come back from them. Um, he has put in so much time in this program. He is a leader. He is the unquestioned leader. He is not Jameis Winston personality-wise by any stretch of the imagination. But he has earned so much goodwill and so much trust. And they all trust and believe in him. And he is so good that getting yelled at by him or getting and i don't even know like uh the one the one play in particular i'm thinking of is the Jakai Douglas play across the middle where it's 3rd and 10 he throws it it goes off Jakai's hands on a shallow cross where it looked like Douglas probably could have gotten the first down if he had caught it it doesn't look like a great throw but Jordan Travis immediately starts kind of telling him he should have kept running like demonstrably he did it in the LSU game with uh, Trey Benson on a on a on a read play where he thought Trey hit the wrong hole, and he's like, "No, this hole." Hmm. He's doing a lot more of that, and I think it might bother players if another quarterback, if another person was doing that. But it, how could it bother them with Trey, with Jordan Travis? And I'm gonna guess he's right. That's the other thing. <laughs> I don't think he's the kind of kid that he makes a bad throw and then blames somebody else for why. Why aren't you where I threw it? Yeah. Um, I I just feel like in the moment he's going to be the the guy in the right, and I I think that. I think that plays fine. I think quarterbacks can be hard. Uh, A lot of them are a lot of the best that have ever played the sport are. And I feel like he's taking ownership of what, how special this season can be. I, that, that to me is what I'm seeing. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, it could be that he's got six games left in his regular season career and he's tired of them not reaching their potential. He's getting angry at them, but, uh, but i think it's also because he wants them to start playing at peak capacity because if they do they can't be beat. And i think that's true. I think if this Florida State offense puts it to its highest gear, there's nobody there's certainly nobody on the schedule right now that can beat them. So, it's frustrating for him because he wants it so bad. And that's what Joy, that's what Norvell said, right? Like he's the yeah. ultimate competitor. And i thought that was the interesting thing that Baber said before the game. They caught my ear maybe more than anything else when he was saying that Travis was the best they've seen and they had just faced Drake May was that his will to win and his competitive spirit is kind of what separates them. And he doesn't know if it's because of where he came from and the fact that essentially two coaching staffs didn't want him and he's got this huge chip on his shoulder. But he does have a chip on his shoulder. And he knows this can be a special season. So darn it, run the right route. And if you're going to call a fourth and one play that has us in the Wildcat, get it in quicker. Or just don't do that. Like he was angry about that play too and was like seemingly... Very angry on the sideline still. But competitors are like that. As long as it stays in a good place and it's not Antonio Brown ripping his jersey off and walking off the field, I don't think Jordan Travis has any Antonio Brown in him. No, um, no. That I think that's good. that could end up being very good. Because after that, they did seem to play a lot better. But, you know, I don't know. I don't, and at practice, he does it some at practice, right? But not a ton.
0: Yeah, he does do it at practice. He'll walk right yeah. up to the kid after the, the rep, and he'll tell him, like, you should have ran this way, et cetera. But it, it's never like in a showing him up, like, I'm here, I'm going to, you know, call you out on the mat in front of everybody. Just like, hey, let's get this fixed right now so I can trust you to get it right on Saturday. Yeah, it's-
1: It reminds me of, uh, you know, and so, like, I don't think he's doing it, like, because he could go to Ja'Kai on the sideline and say, man, why didn't you run your – he could just walk off the field and clap his hands like, dang it. And run off the field i don't think he's doing he's not doing it to embarrass anyone i think in the moment it's just almost an instinctual reaction to to tell him like we did with benson like he did with uh jakai running the shallow cross because he's so frustrated and he's like wait what are you doing it reminds me of like when a a putter misses a putt like one of these great golfers on the pga tour misses a putt and they do that stupid thing with their hand like wait you were supposed to break right oh right Like, I don't think they're doing that to say, guys, that wasn't my fault. It didn't break the way it was supposed to. Show the caddy I,
0: up. My caddy yeah, he's not me
1: showing him. the caddy up. He's yeah. just saying, man, why didn't you do what I thought you were going to do? And it's just almost like a reactionary, involuntary reaction. And I feel like that's where he is. Um, as long as it stays positive, which it seems like it is. Okay.
0: By the way, Duke 17th and the coaches pull 16th in the AP poll.
1: I mean, uh, so they didn't go up at all.
0: Yeah, they went up one. They were 18. But
1: not, I thought, oh, okay, all right. All right, I thought all they'd right. have gone up a few more. Are they, they still up. behind USC? Yes, USC's 16. That is a joke. That's sad. It's sad. Well, they're ahead of them
0: in, in the coaches' poll, but they're, or they're ahead of them in the AP poll, behind them in the coaches' polls. Are they ahead of
1: Clemson, I hope? Is Clemson even on it yet? Nope. Nope. All right, they Others... will be if they beat Miami this week.
0: Uh, you think so? I think, I
1: think that'd get them to five and two. With their two losses being to Duke and Florida State, I, I think that could probably get them in there. Right. If they look good doing it. MyBookie.ag
0: promo code Warchant instant cash deposit bonus when you sign up. So that means you put money in, you get even more money to play with. Make your bets. Um, let's just get it over with. Last weekend, not a good weekend for your guys. Uh, I'm now two up on Corey because Corey's gone 0 for 2 on both weeks. Hmm. I've only got one right. Uh, this guy over here thought that LSU Auburn was going to go under 60, which it looked kind of like it maybe would. Uh, but then there was a uh, spat of scoring to, to hit the over late in that game. Yeah. And then meanwhile, I don't want to talk about Arizona beat the hell out of Washington State. That was the bad, bad decision. Did we bet
1: had. on Washington State?
0: Yeah, to that minus eight.
1: Oh, we both. Oh, okay. Yeah. My fault. My yeah. fault, guys. Uh, yeah, that did not work out. Did not. That did not work out. I apologize, everyone.
0: But we got a new week ahead of us, and we're going to give you some some winners for sure on Thursday's show. So Stone in.
1: Cold Locks, <laughs>
0: Lead Pipe, Lead Pipe Stone Cold, whatever you want to call it, Locks uh, over at mybookie.ag. Jordan Travis plus eleven seventy five to win the Heisman, fourth best slash shortest What's odds. What's Pinnox
1: at? What's Pinnox at now? He's
0: now minus. He's Ooh. minus one forty three. Okay. Which so they're going to lose, man. They're
1: going to lose Yeah, they probably are. Yeah, Caleb Williams is done. He's got no chance, legitimately no chance now. Yeah. And neither of the Colorado kids, not that Travis Hunter did anyway because he missed two or three games. Oof. Neither one of them have a chance either. So those, Jordan Travis is still kind of Viable. paddling along. Yeah. And everybody else is, uh, you know, jumping out of the boat and drowning, them, drowning their chances. So he's still right there. Jaden Daniels,
0: plus 1350, he's right behind Jordan, which is, like, how?
1: Like, yeah, Jaden Daniels is good, man. He but, is, Again, but like, they yes. played, and it's not like Jordan was horrible in that game. Jordan outplayed them Yeah. when they played each other, yeah.
0: Maybe J.J. McCarthy's the play at plus 940, because Dele Gabriel. would be
1: ridiculous if he won the Heisman. Well, you know, it might
0: be one of those A.J. McCarron ones, kind uh, of. I guess. Career achievement award. Anyhow, make your picks. It's spooky season over at my bookie. Promo code is WordChamp. MyBookie.ag, bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Corey, for as delightful as it was to have a noon game, get it out the way, win, cover, shout out Aslan. I think I was the closest on margin of victory of everybody that picked the game over on the WarChamp mm-hmm. Report powered by Cummins. Um, Oregon-Washington game was awesome. It was electric. Yeah. Yep. You know, I saw people like, oh, I didn't see anything that makes me fearful. It's like, yeah, man, that's not the point. They watch us, they don't see anything to be fearful of either. It was just a good college football game that we all appreciated. The night was horrible. Uh, the Notre Dame-Southern uh, California game was a dud. Uh, Oregon State-UCLA was a dud. Uh, but I get, and how did South Carolina choke against Florida?
1: Yeah. That but but crazy.
0: But, um, you know, I guess part of me was like, I hope Miami kind of wins just so game day's still on the table, which I think is no longer the case for us this season. Um uh, First half, I'm like, all right, this is going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle when they come to Tallahassee. They got Clemson this weekend as well. I mean, I don't, we won't talk about that one. Uh, but I guess just what they could look like if they lose that game, how much energy they'll have to play Florida State. But I took a shower. I came out the shower, and they were down by, like, 14 points. Uh, yeah. What is, what is wrong with that team that seemingly has some decent, you know, decent players? They just can't get it. They have a bingo card, Core. If they had a bingo card for Miami football, it would be just absolutely ridiculous. They fumbled near the goal line. They had it like an unsportsmanlike on a third down where they sacked the quarterback. Yeah, on the coach. Well, no, that they, they and that was another one that happened, too. She oh. didn't have to do that. The referees were stopping play for Miami to make the substitution. They weren't going to let North Carolina make a snap because North Carolina made a substitution as well. Shout out Sean McDonough for pointing that out. They. Is that what it looks like to not be a quote-unquote disciplined football team? Is that just what it comes down to?
1: Well, Lord, man, North Carolina set a program record for penalties too. Like, I I thought, um, you know, look, I I will say this. I thought there was a chance, as we talked before before the game, that, uh, you know, they might lay down and quit and and lose by 50. Or at least lose like, you know, 48 to 10. Uh, They didn't. They played hard. They had the lead at half. Um, Drake May is exceptional. Uh I guess I see now why Mac Brown really wanted that receiver to get eligible. Yeah. Holy moly, he's a good player. He is a difference maker. Um but yeah, there I thought their defense kind of gave in late and they got bailed out by some uh by some holding call. Well, I guess I shouldn't say bailed out. They were legitimate holds that maybe the plays don't happen otherwise. But North Carolina was running all over them and it seemed like there was a hold every other play. Um but yeah, and Van Dyke threw a couple bad picks. Um it's just that they can't, they couldn't put it all together. Um, you know, honestly, weirdly, I think they played better in that game. They looked better to me, especially on offense. They looked much more impressive in that game than they did the week before. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, Georgia Tech's game, they were terrible the whole game. But they do have some weapons, man. Uh, the Restrepo kid, the, Miami's receivers made like four catches in that game that I, you almost jumped out of your seat. Like what? Yeah. How did he catch that? Um, They just made some great, great catches because sometimes Van Dyke will throw it 140 miles an hour from seven yards away. Um, But so I think their offense is legit. The one worry, so they're going to play Clemson this weekend. They will not have a good crowd there. Clemson might have as many people as Miami. Um, If they lose that game to drop to four and three and to have lost three straight ACC games, um, there is a chance they kind of give up on things the only difference is, is that they don't. I don't know that they would do that against my Florida State, right? When they that could be like their season salvager.
0: I don't. I just, but like historically, when Florida State's good and Miami's terrible, we win that game. Like Florida sometimes. Yeah, but I
1: don't think Miami's terrible. I think they're a five and one football team that lost to an undefeated team, and their coach cost them the other win. Like, but we'll see this week, right? I guess I'm going to do what I did last week. This will be a really telling moment. In the 2023 Miami Hurricanes football season, because you could foresee an instance where they cash it in. It's like I don't, I don't feel like blo- I, I can't block this guy anyway. And then the defense will be like, "What are we even doing? Why are we even trying when our offense can't score? Like this is pointless." Um, so I, you know, I, 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 it's really, really an interesting matchup because Clemson's not any great shakes offensively. This should be a game. A close, I don't even know what the spread is, but it should be a very close game. But neither of us would be surprised if Clemson wins by three touchdowns. Right. But if Miami does win this game and beats Clemson at home, then they can tell themselves, "Look, we're a six and one team that got screwed out of a win by, by because of our dumb coach, and we can go still have a night a ten win season, and we still can still go ruin Florida State season." And I think they have the players that could. They have a strong offensive line. Uh, they have a strong defensive line. They have some dudes that can play on both sides of the ball. The receivers are very, very good. It'd be a, it could be a very good game, or they could come in and uh, you could beat them like you did last year. But it's a really, it's a really intriguing game, right?
0: I think worst case, it plays out the way it did this past weekend against Florida State. Like they could maybe be up at half. Like maybe they'll come out first half with this rally around. Like it's us against the world. This is the last shot we have to salvage the season but i would think in the second half florida state will probably run away with it. like that that's that's like the worst case that, that you're threatened at halftime if you're a florida state fan. that's like the worst case i can see with that game. i don't, and i'm not trying to be arrogant to the to the rivalry and how close the games have been in the past. uh just i don't i don't feel that. man that that the way they looked in the second half against uh north carolina seemingly not having made any adjustments or or just north carolina making Gene Chizik, obviously, I guess being Buddy Ryan now, and yeah. Chip Lindsey being Al Saunders, or what did I say, Al Saunders? You know, Al Saunders. That's
1: a, it's a bizarre. Uh,
0: yeah. Chiefs back in the late two thousand, the late nineties, early two thousands. Mm. Everybody strong offenses that they just when it, there was this clip they played during the Texas A and M game mm. where Mario. We haven't talked about that yet. Well, when Miami was playing, but yeah, we get to some Jimbo oh. bashing. Everybody get, get you know clear out your schedules. Uh, get ready for that one, uh, but like during this Texas A&M Miami game, they played a clip because they were the crew was obviously there like a day or so before the game, and they played a clip of Mario talking to the team after practice. And you know, there's like this tough talking thing about like, you we're, listen, we're built for this. We're built for the tough situations. We're built to play against the teams that everyone says are are, are tougher than us. Like we're tougher than them, and I was like, oh yeah, I, I, I kind of believe that but then AM jumped out to a huge lead on them and they somehow, you know, they rallied back and they they beat AM. Like they're not that though. Like they they are not built for the tough situations. Cuz a tough situation was coming out against North Carolina in that stadium and having a lead and then putting your foot down and like they they couldn't get out and they tripped over their own foot. So, uh, not threatened at all by them. And the schedule Okay. All
1: right. We'll we'll see. I again, I think they're going to um we'll see what their record is and where their mindset is going to that game. There's obviously a pretty good chance that Florida State will be undefeated um, and Miami can ruin their just ruin their season, ruin their chance at a national championship, that might be enough to get them really motivated. And I do think if they're motivated, that's a talented team. Well, I yeah, think that's, they,
0: they that's probably the
1: most talented team left on the schedule, um, but they might not be motivated and they might not be well coached and yeah. you will be motivated and yeah. you will be at home. Just... Um, so, yeah, but wait, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. You still got to win three games between now and then. And I will say this, uh, all three of those games coming up are uh, losable. You're going to be favored by double digits probably in all of them, but they're all losable. And they're all games you could win by 30 points. And something to, the one last thing about the, the Duke game, and we'll touch about it later in the week, but something that occurred to me um, on Sunday was just like, when has Duke ever been in a game like this? Like, not just, oh, it's t- it's number 16 versus number 4. But when does Duke ever go into a full stadium at night with a rabid fan base? Like, Duke's always, a, and they, this is homecoming, but Duke's always like the sleepy homecoming opponent. And, and they're used to playing NC State in front of thirty-eight half inter- 38,000 half-interested fans. Like, Duke being one of the marquee home games on a schedule is not normal. Right. And they're not going to be used, to, I don't think. Now, they can still handle it. They're college kids. They'll they'll get adjusted to it. But they're not used to the kind of crowd that's going to be there on Saturday. Hmm. Because it's going be, to be a 7.30 dope night game crowd for the number four team in the country against a team that Florida State fans, at least for this year, should and do respect. So I think they're going to be louder than they've been all season. And I think that's going to be cool to see. And it'll be interesting to see how Duke handles it. Because Duke's used to playing in front of library crowds. So how would they handle being in a real football, college football, big-time atmosphere? Because even when Duke goes to Clemson, man, it's never a big game. Clemson fans know they're going to beat them by 30 points. It's usually at noon. Right. This is a prime-time ABC night game on the road in front of a crowd and a team that really respects this version of Duke, knows they have to play well to win, and is going to show out and be really loud because it's an enormous game, and this fan base is really fired up for this football team. Just Duke doesn't get this a lot. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle it.
0: Speaking of fire, duh, up, uh, yeah. mm. Jimbo Fisher loses again to Tennessee. I, mean, yeah. I shouldn't say like like they have t- – Tennessee has A&M's number, but seemingly Jimbo Fisher doesn't know how to win football games uh, – at the clip that he used to, I, something, some crazy, I don't even know the number, but I heard something, he had not won a true road, he's got some weird road losing streak as well, amidst all these struggles that are compounding upon what's going on in College Station. I didn't watch, I, I was still flipping, I think, I was staying on the Oregon-Washington game, I don't know if you had dual screens going on, but I was so locked into yep. Oregon-Washington, I didn't really care for Well, that and flipped
1: South Carolina-Florida too.
0: I didn't, my friends brought that to my attention, like man, Florida really sucks this year, and then someone's like, hey, don't jinx it, uh, and they jinxed it. so. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, make fun of Jimbo. Let's do it.
1: Well, look, man, I, I you wonder, um, because he's owed a lot of money, clearly, um, but A&M has a lot of money, and I just think you look at this, and, again, he's loaded that roster. They've got NFL dudes everywhere. That defense is insane. Milton threw for 100 yards, Aslan. <laughs> really? For Tennessee. He threw for exactly 100 yards, and they won the game. Because uh, A&M, teams play though, right? it wasn't a A&M good... scored one touchdown. Yeah. And do you know how many field goal attempts Texas AM has this year? Through six games? Field Maybe goal it's seven attempts. for them. Field goal attempts. Uh, for, for perspective, I think Ryan Fitzgerald is six for six. Okay. 20. 21. Ooh. 21 field goal attempts. Um, so it's just the same old stuff. And he makes... Kind of weird fourth down decisions, not to go for. But his offense is just a joke. It's awful. Is
0: Petrino it's, not calling the play? Do you think he's not calling the play? I don't.
1: It doesn't matter. It, but that's the whole thing. Was was that ever going to happen? Like if if Jimbo would just allow himself to accrue talent at a place we'll, that will pay top dollar for great players because they are absolutely desperate, and he would bring in, um, I don't know, man, the, the Colorado OC. And just let him do that. Do what you're doing at Colorado, here at AM with all these great toys I've given you. They would be top eight in the country. But Jimbo was still stuck in 13. The you know it's not the worst thing that happened to his career. It's the best thing that happened to his career. But it is ironic that like he had the one year where that offense looked. It was unbeatable. It was incredible. It's the best. One of the best offenses we've ever seen in college football. And he keeps chasing that. And it's never going to happen again. And you know he can he can rightfully say like look when my offense operates at peak efficiency, it's unstoppable. Look at this. But it's he doesn't it's not going to be that guy anymore. So I was going to say it looks like an archaic offense, and it is. But just ten years ago, it worked and led them to a national championship. So he's still trying to chase that and won't um, adapt at all, because he's smarter than everyone else and knows how 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 offense should run. And it's uh, it might derail his career, and he might be done coaching the year or two. Like this is this seems untenable. That and I watch some of the Aggies because I'm I'm into karma. I watch some of the Aggies post games though, and they do a really good job. Whoever the, the the one I watch anyway, it's like a production. Um, they're just like it's the same stuff. It's the same stuff. The same stuff that points. was here.
0: They can't protect either, man. It's the same stuff yes. that was happening here on his way out, where like he could not protect his quarterback. It's happening in College Station too. But he's got and he's got a good offensive line coach now, right? Like he got rid of old Rick Trickett he got he's a got Dazio. A, he's
1: got a Dazio, right? Yeah,
0: and he's got himself a really good defensive coordinator. But he's he is much better than Charles Kelly, um DJ Durkin. So it's that's not the same. Um that's uh, I don't know, man. it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart to see my guy, but, you know. It's,
1: well, it's just it's bizarre it's, it's and then, you reality know, reality reality. So you had that, you had a uh, So here's here's where we're standing now. So Florida State is 4-0, undefeated sorry number four in the country six and0 oh, undefeated correct uh Jimbo Fisher is now four and three another season no matter how they end it is going to be considered a disappointment because he was not hired there to be in year six four and three and again have one of the worst offenses in the country even though they've given him all the resources he could possibly want they still can't score points they still can't score it's got to be so maddening to be an am fan they want someone back it's the same record at least those games were fun to watch. You'd lose 45 to 40 or you'd win 45 to 40, but at least you're scoring points and the band gets to play. Uh, so you had that happen. And then you have Dion do what he did on Friday night. Mm-hmm. And there's some schadenfreude there because of Dion, uh before the season saying he's not a null or whatever. So I just think all, over the, other than Florida coming back and winning, uh, you had Miami lose, you had Jimbo lose, you had Dion lose. And your team won 41 to three and is still undefeated. Pretty good weekend, everyone.
0: Not bad. Not bad at all. All right, that's a wrap for us. More shows coming this week, though, because that's what we do. Jeff Cameron show, 1 to 3 o'clock. Coach's press conference, 11 a.m., 11.30 a.m. So mm-hmm. hop on around 11.30, 32 a.m., and then Corey will probably have his first update posted in that thread that he continually updates throughout the entire day. How much typing do you think you do? How many words do you think you knock out on a Monday inside the museum, Corey?
1: Uh, a couple thousand, I think. Yeah. It's just work. what I do, gang. Light just uh, transcribing away yeah. like a boss.
0: So we'll have all those up 321 up on warchant.com. Irish Offell's insight. You need it. It's worth the price of admission. Also, don't forget recruiting updates from this past weekend also available on warchant.com via the premium recruiting board. So go over and check that out. We were supposed to be
1: a big one this weekend, right?
0: Yeah, low key. I think so. Yeah, that Duke yeah. game. I, I need to go unearth all the preseason What's the trap game? Cause I was like, it's going to be the Duke game, I think. But then we're like, ah, eh, but Duke doesn't have the athletes to make it a sixty-minute football game.
1: But I don't think this can consider itself a trap game.
0: Well, that trap, like, what's the what's the one game that we're all not talking about in the preseason oh, that yeah, might yeah. be tricky? Yeah. And I was going like, to think the Duke
1: game. Watch I out! I feel like I feel like that record, that ranking, what they did this past week, what they did to Clemson, home games sell out if you lose it's not because you're looking ahead to wake forest like you know what i mean <laughs> right right yeah i right. mean they they they're going to be locked and loaded in on this game i do think there's a proper amount of respect for duke uh, because it what they saw what they did against clemson they have an inc- a really really good defense um and it's gonna be a really good challenge for them and uh as we talk about this later in the week if we do get to a point where florida state is playing a georgia or ohio state this might sound foolish i promise you it's the truth this is a good defense to prepare for that. This is one of the 10 or 12 best defense in the country, guys. And you're getting just like Clemson is. It's probably a, a tick below Clemson. Well, it's definitely a tick below Clemson in a in like NFL ability. But they are extremely well coached, and nobody scores on them. So it's a really good it's really good prep for if you get to a game against one of these big dogs in December. Mm. Um, you will not see a defense that's light years ahead of this one. This is a very good challenge and test for you.
0: He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thanks for listening to Wake Up War Champ. Presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.